Hello, I'm Seth Allen. Welcome to my secret basketball podcast. Pepe doesn't know about this, um, so let's keep it that way. Uh, how, how do you know about this? How did you find this? Who talked? Who told you? Anyways, um, this first episode, you know, the basketball, the NBA season is just starting. College is starting very soon as well. Uh, then, of course, we'll roll into high school. Ball is going to be starting. Lots of exciting things going on in all three of those things this year to look forward to. Uh, I, I didn't want to do a basketball podcast, I, but it's just, it's been so good. I feel like I just got to talk about some certain, some certain things going on and, and, and the ways I'm enjoying the game um, right now. And, and it's, of course, the tradition when you, when the NBA season starts off, a, a tradition unlike any other is uh, finding out the latest way to pirate stream NBA games, uh, which is, of course, satire purposes only. Uh, please do not, uh, you know, raid my home. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it changes every year. We had the, the golden era of uh, NBA Reddit streams. That was really when, when you could go to a kind of a reputable, stable place uh, for, for consistently reliable streams. And, and those days are gone. And every year I have to learn, seems like a new, a new place to wherever they, it's, you know, the NBA is playing whack-a-mole with these pirate streams, right? There's a, there's a market for it. No matter what you knock down, other ones will pop up somewhere else. You know, usually some Polish kid sets up a website or, or however that works out. Um, and so, you know, like last season I had to, that was the year I had to learn uh, what Discord was and how to operate on there and, and, and what in the world all that was. So in a way it's keeping me young. It's keeping me up to date with the latest tech is that I have to find a way to steal these games for satire purposes only. Um, and part of it too, honestly, is... I think I would be content, especially once college gets rolling, I would be totally content with uh, the games I am legally allowed to watch through the, the services that I legally pay for. Um, but the issue particularly is with my Portland Trailblazers. They have had this insanely bad deal for a while now where they don't show the games on regular TV. Um, they black out... Uh, uh, they're very aggressive about blacking out games. Uh, so, like for my for my dad, uh, for example, huge Portland Trailblazers fan, lives a good four hours away from the Moda Center. Games are blacked out for him. All right, yeah, like he's he's driving through the mountain range to gonna come to a game if, if it wasn't if it was on TV. Um, so just very, very bad de- uh, business decisions decisions by the Blazers. They put it on something called Root Sports which is on Comcast, which is only on basic cable, no other options. This year, they, they kind of trotted out this thing they were really proud of called the Avoca box, which is a physical box you have to buy. And then you sign up, and it's like 25 bucks a month. You put it on top of your TV like the old days and um, pay the fee, and apparently that can get you to, to the Blazers. That just seems uh, so much harder and a, a bigger pain in the ass than just you know finding the appropriate website uh where you can find these things for free um and it's just like i can't imagine how many people are doing that um it's awful um so you go so you go you you, your annual tradition if you're in if you're at the you know my geography the the rain comes in the days start getting shorter you start you know it's basketball time your 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 shoes are soaking wet Uh, it's soaked through your socks, your feet, you get home, you pull off your socks, you you, you take a shower, you get all cozy, you flip on, uh, you know, your various 
uh, shady channels and you watch your basketball. Um, one of the things I don't know about, I've never gotten an answer about this, is like if you stream games illegally for satire purposes, um, there is a side chat that is a running commentary people chat about uh, NBA games in. And the chat always seems to be about all the games. So even if you're watching, say, the Blazers, the chat will be mostly, it will be about all the games that are on right now. So it's usually going on about the more popular um, teams. And it's a real cesspool, as you can imagine, in an, an anonymous chat with mostly uh, fellas would be. Um, but, you know, they'll get into random arguments about Adam Sandler movies uh, you know, there's like a lot of uh, crazy emojis. Some of those, uh, some of those I like. But uh, where is the chat from? Where is it coming from? Why is why does every pirating site that I use for satire purposes only uh, have it next to the screen? I have no idea. And eventually, yeah, you can ignore it. You, some of the sites you can just close it out. Some of them you can just you know you just expand the the action of the, make the game full screen. Um, but what's the deal? What's the origin of that? Why do we have to have that? It's very strange. It's almost like the the deal that you make with the universe. It's like, okay, okay, you can get these games for free, uh, you little jerk. But you have to know what the worst people in the world think about what's going on all the time right next to it. <laughs> and maybe that does make it an incentive to pay for games. I don't know. Um... You know, and again, I wish that, you know, I do watch way more games than I remember I was thinking about growing up. Um, it was mostly, you would mostly just watch the Blazers games, at least me growing up, because we didn't have cable or we lived out in the country, so no cable was possible. Uh, no satellites. Satellites weren't really a popular thing back then, at least for, for our uh, income level. So we just had the bunny ears. Um, and so you would get the Blazers because they were on regular TV that we could get out of the sky with the bunny ears, right? KGW or whatever. And then uh, you would get like the national games when they started, but they didn't start until Christmas, you know, the, like the ABC games and then the um, NBA on NBC and all that stuff. So that, that didn't come till later, but so you, you really valued it more and you also got much more of a hometown diet of, of games. But you know, now I'm, I'm just watching everything. And if I gotta, if I gotta go, if I gotta pirate stream the blazers for satire purposes only, then I might as well check on, you know, see what else, uh, what other kind of games are on? What what other other kind of like sexy kind of fun to watch teams? And you, you know you develop little favorites in other markets, and you like watching certain players and all that stuff. It's really fun, really amazing. And I I did think about um, buying League Pass. Uh, I signed up for because it is great. I mean for sure, and and easier than the the streaming for for satire purposes only. Um, I also, I tried the thing where you put a VPN. I tried to put a VPN I watched with a Fire Stick. And I know if you sign up for League Pass on a, and you get it on your computer, you can do some some shucking and jiving, and you can trick it into thinking you're logging in from somewhere else so you can watch out-of-market teams and, you know, use a VPN and a web app and all that stuff. And I thought, well, if I could do that on a TV, it would be worth paying for League Pass. So I, I signed up for a free trial of League, the free seven-day trial for League Pass, uh, downloaded some different VPNs onto my uh, Fire Stick app, which I watch my TV through. Uh, none of that worked. League Pass immediately recognized that you're using a VPN. They tell you to shut it off if you want to watch games. Uh, and then they uh, send a SWAT team to your house, I believe. Adam Silver uh, does that. So 
pretty pretty scary stuff. So that so that was out. But that's a you know that every year you buy it, you you experiment. Um, at least if you're me, uh, and uh, I you know I had to get a new I got a new laptop this year, so I had to get new connectors to connect the laptop to the TV, so I can put the the stream I'm pirating for for satire purposes only up on the TV. Uh, but you know we get there in the in the end we get there. And I, I'm watching all the games I want. So there you go. Um, yeah, and the, the Blazers have been, um, you know, very exciting this year. One thing I will say, too, is that the, the even if you're not a Blazers fan, I want you to uh, come into my world with me just because uh, the way in this year is through Shaden Sharp, who is the Blazers rookie, the mystery man they drafted. And what's important about what he what's happening so far with him, and it, this is just as of last week, is... I watch for the lore. I call it the lore index. So every uh, great player, or even just weird player, or every horrible player has a lore. I call it the lore index. You they start building a myth, uh, a a story, a narrative, one way or another. Like Damian Lillard, you know the shot. I mean he had he had all these things before that, all these great moments, right? And Sharps was looking pretty bad. So, you know, going to Kentucky, not playing for reasons that nobody ever really, really fully explained uh, why he didn't start playing for them eventually. Um, you know, like Calipari just, I saw he said something like, I just won't do that to him or something. So something that didn't sound very encouraging, right? And then they, they draft this guy who's never played. You're wondering, oh, is this going to be like a Dante Exum situation or what, what is this going to be? Um, we're not sure this guy can play. And then he goes out in summer league and, uh, injures his shoulder within a couple minutes and that's the beginning and end of his summer league and i thought oh no i was in vegas for summer league uh mostly to see sharp um and to uh gamble <laughs> oh sorry still got a cough still got a cold <coughs> don't get sick um and uh you know it's like oh no this is the, the story of sharp is not is not going well it's like this guy who didn't play in college blazers took this uh, really a workout gamble. Whenever you draft a workout wonder, that's always scary. And you, they try to like justify you. He says, Oh, you was just incredible in the workouts. And it's like, okay, we've seen a lot of people who are incredible in the workouts, uh, that cannot play actual basketball. So, you know, not knowing how somebody actually is competitively in an actual game is, is always scary. Right. So he, so now we're, we got two, two points in his lore. It's like, oh, okay. Didn't play college for weird reasons we're not sure about. Uh, injured immediately in Summer League. Oh, God. You know, this is like... And if you're a Blazers fan, you're very... If you're me, maybe I'll just... I won't generalize. I'll just say if you're me, you've been burned by these, like, kind of stories before. You're a little extra sensitive to guys... New guys start getting hurt. Things start going downhill. Just... I've experienced it too many times, right? And so I start getting scared. I'm like, the lore around Shade and Sharp was not good. Um, and then, you know, season started, uh, he's doing some positive things. And then now this was a big moment, which was last week. This is a significant, you got to plot this in, in, in his story in the NBA. If he goes on to greatness, this will be, uh, like step, this will be like the NBA, uh, jump off point was cause, uh, Lillard's hurt with the calf strain. All right. Uh, Chauncey Billups decides to start sharp in his place and move Simons over to the one. Right, have Sharp start at the two, which is really, I mean, when you watch him play, that's where he should be playing. He's big enough to where, uh, you know, the, there's a temptation. There'll always be a temptation to move him over to like a three, uh, but at a two, he is like 
he has such a size and physicality advantage uh, over other people at that position that that's where you want to see. And so Shea comes out, I mean, plays a great game, outplays Jalen Green, as my dad was quick to point out to me. Uh, Jalen Green, the the superstar young player for the Rockets, right? Who's who's on his own star trajectory. Uh, Sharp uh, and Sharp also just looks like he's twice Jalen Green's size. I mean, Jalen Green is smallish anyways for the position he plays. But I mean, when you see Sharp next to him, you're like, yeah, this is the guy I want Sharp matched up to on a night to night basis. Guys, he will physically um, overpower, right? And he had he had highlight dunks. He had that one coming down the lane dunk down the other way, coming back, dunk, one of those, like, continual, like, let the camera run on the highlight, you know, because he's got got another highlight coming immediately that gets you so excited. So that was, like, a really cool moment, uh, you know, blowing out the Rockets, which is not a big deal, uh, especially if you consider yourself a playoff team, nothing to really get excited about. But I think in the, to me, that's like, okay, if if Sharp is going, is if he if Sharp is destined for stardom, this will be the the coming out party, at least for the NBA chapter of of where where the jump off started and i was i was watching it i'll remember where i was um just like i always do when when there's a a kind of a historical kind of for me moment uh uh, this one i was coming off i was still i still have you heard that nagging cough i was still sick but it was the first day where i felt like uh okay i'm not like a complete mess i have some energy right and i went to a, a bad sports bar just to catch like the second half of the game uh the 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 world uh, world series was on so they only had the blazers on two little tvs the rest of them were world series and this bar is is bad uh it's a bad sports bar it's called like the satellite pub in portland or something like that and here's what i tell you i like a bad sports bar for a couple reasons number one usually no problem to get on whatever game you want i mean blazers not a big deal to get on in, in portland right but um Sometimes I want to watch some weird college game or something at a bad sports bar, usually not that well attended. They'll hook you up with a TV. You know, you don't have to fight. You don't have to check around. Are you watching this? Are you watching this? Are you watching this? Usually they're just like, okay, wow, a customer. All right. So that's point number one. Point number two, plenty of space, right? Social distancing remains important. Easy to do in a bad bar. All right. Nobody on either. Nobody. You got a stool. I like to sit at the bar. There's stool to the right, stool to the left, both empty. All right. Perfect. We're two for two. Okay, and then there's a third thing, which is that they're very bad uh, at giving you drinks, which I also appreciate maybe more than anything else because, you know, a a quote-unquote good bartender keeps you hooked up all night. As soon as you're getting close to the end, they hit you up for another thing. And, of course, once you have a couple, you want to keep the party going, especially if the team's doing good or they're doing bad, whatever, right? But at a bad bar, you'll see that motherfucker once every... 90 minutes all right they don't want to help you it's like being in a best buy or something it's like are you trying to avoid me that's what it feels like and so that's what i like because i end up spending less money i end up drinking less it's better for my health it's better for my wealth so bad bars salute yourself all right that's where i will continue to go and it is a problem because not everybody it's hard for me to explain this when people are like oh where you want you want to meet up and watch where are you watching it it's like well I go here, they're like, oh, you go there, oh, that place sucks. It's like, yeah, it sucks. That's what's great about it, all right? But, you know, a lot of, you know, different strokes for different folks. I, I try not to push my beliefs on people too hard. So usually if uh, if a group wants to go, I'm like, all right, we'll go, to a, we'll go to a good bar for you, all right? But that's not me by myself, which is when I'm the most happy. Uh, that's not really my jam, all right, um, at all. 
Um, and the NBA season has been so, you know, dramatic, uh, nonsensical, insane, entertaining, just the way it always is. I've been, uh, I, it turned out last year, I spent a lot of time watching um, a couple college players because I thought the Blazers might end up drafting them. Imagine if they actually drafted a player who uh, actually played last season. Uh, so I, I ended up watching a lot. I watched a lot of Keegan Murray. I watched, I watched a lot of, uh, of Ivy, uh, and I watched a lot of Benedict Matherin, right? Because those were, when I was just looking at mocks, I'm like, I think the Blazers, and just seeing how bad the Blazers were tanking, I was like, I, I think one of these three guys will end up in Blazers range, and I want to have an, an opinion, right? I want to be ready to know how excited I should be, not excited. And I actually, like, kind of fell in love with all three of those guys' game over the course of the season, um, and also it was like f- fell in hate with the, their college basketball coaching systems. Ivy in particular, he watching that team run that stupid motion offense play where Ivy does this big arcing run through some screens just to go stand in the corner. And it's like, you know, you have the, like the best player, right? Uh, maybe just forget your system a couple times and just let him just give him the ball. And he would get what he would get, um, you know, a lot of it was in transition because then they didn't have to run through that big old uh, perfunctory. What do they call it back in figure skating days? Um, compulsories? Yeah. A lot of college basketball coaches run their team with compulsories. It's like we're, we're running these plays. We're running these sets no matter what, even though there's not really a purpose. And you can see it in the players. They're like, now nah, I run over here. Then I do this. Now nah, I run over here. It's like, yeah, you have to let this whole thing go. You're, you're skating and you're doing figure eights out there uh, before you can attack just because this this old this old man who is screaming at you. <laughs> College basketball. And then you turn on the commentary and the announcers are like, you know, praising uh, the coach for being one of the true geniuses of the game. And it's like, Dude, if you watch a college game and then watch an NBA game, even it's impossible. But even to like set aside the obvious difference in talent level, and like these are obviously these are grown men, these are professionals, these are younger people, these are who are not professionals. I get it. But even if you just watch how they play, it's an insane difference. the The college basketball game has not changed. For decades, uh, not really. Some of the smaller schools do. They're doing more like pro style offenses and stuff. And you'll see like every year in the tournament, um, you know, when some you know big blue blue blood gets uh, upset, it's because they're playing some team that like, oh my god, they pass and move and and shoot threes and all. It's like it. But the the cruelty of basketball is that you know usually the team with the with the in, especially in college basketball, uh, not a lot of teams have like. 6'10 athlete basketball players. There's not many humans like that to go around, right? So those teams usually win even though they're playing, they're running dinosaur sets um, and just really just stodgy, just like, oh my God, horrible. Anyways, I still love it. Um, can't wait for it to start. Uh, okay, um, but um, uh, it, but I developed like a, like a, a fandom of, of these group of guys and they're all killing it in the NBA. Matherin is doing so good for the Pacers. I mean, they have to trade Buddy Heald. It just, Buddy, it's so funny to watch him play with Buddy and Buddy of, of God bless Buddy Heald as he always has been, uh, you know, just a, just a complete black hole. Like he gets the ball. It's, it's going up for sure. You know, um, and it, it, I think Duarte and, and Matherin 
are a really good combination together. And I, I, I expect the Pacers, you know, who knows, maybe they never will. But it's, of course, they've been rumored to be about to trade Miles Turner and Buddy Heald uh, for, you know, several generations, it seems like. And, and they're both still there, so who knows. To the point where Miles Turner is actually saying the Lakers should trade for him, which is insane. Oh, my God. Mm. But it is striking to me how good rookies are getting. Like, I, I don't know. I don't hear it talked about a whole lot, but rookies are better than they used to be. They, every year there are more players who are ready to play in the NBA immediately uh, than there used to be. There used to be like there would maybe be some years there wouldn't be any. All right. Mike Miller was rookie of the year. You want to know what Mike Miller's stats were his rookie year? And no, no disrespect to Mike Miller. Uh, you know, he's a he's a likable guy, and I, I liked him in the NBA. One of the rare guys who seemed like he uh, kind of refused to shoot <laughs> when he should, which was always kind of a strange thing to see um, in the pre-Ben Simmons era. Um, let's see what Mike Miller's rookie of the year stats were. Okay, let me confirm. Yes, he was... Uh, Rookie of the year, 2001. He averaged 12 points and four rebounds a game. <laughs> 12 and four. All right. You don't, you're not a top five rookie anymore if you average that. You know what I mean? Like, and, it, and it, he didn't have great percentages or anything. He wasn't on a great team. There was nothing like that. Like, he, 12 and four. And I mean, that was 2001. And now rookies, like, I don't know what's changed. It's obviously something in the training um they're obviously just training better before they get to the nba but it's really cool to watch like i mean Boncaro is out here setting all kinds of records matherin 20 off in a game off the bench murray has already he's already playing like great and um i've i've, I've kept watching all of these guys uh not because i like their teams in particular although the pacers are really fun but it's just been fun to watch um people just be immediately good and so now we're to a point where there is like probably four or five rookies a, a year that are immediately above average NBA players. It's wild. It, ne it never used to happen. Nobody's talking about this. What's happening? Is it the, uh, the Instagram workouts? Is it all the like the skills coaches? It's got to be all that kind of stuff of like these guys are preparing a lot better um, before they get to the NBA. Uh, it really is. It really is cool and, and fun to watch. And it really does make you even more excited as a fan if you get a high draft pick because you know the bar used to be like oh well most of the time you know you know maybe this guy will be good in like a, a couple years you know or something like that a few years maybe but now it's like no you might get one of those five guys that is just immediately uh, a starting caliber NBA player uh, who's like very a plus you know a plus starter kind of player so that's that's exciting um in itself uh, another thing i've been hyped up for this early season is uh, my my hater power rankings are going bananas all right we are going bananas on the hater power rankings um uh, the number one this these are these are outcomes that i'm rooting for as a hater all right. Uh, the first one. Now, this is this is incredible. This is like the true. This is the the lost city of El Dorado of hating uh, this season. But uh, it's the Lakers are so bad. 
All right, and I've been watching them. I enjoy watching them. They're one in five as of recording this. Uh, their draft pick is owed to the Pelicans as part of the Anthony Davis deal. So, a very funny hater outcome for me would be the Lakers getting the top pick and having to give it to the Pelicans. If they get Victor Wimbanyama, even like a top three pick, Scoot, you know, the Villanova guy, there's a lot of, this is a great draft. So they're going to miss out on something pretty good, probably. But, man, that would just be amazing. Um, Also, I've been watching the Nets. um, As of this recording, word is they're going to hire Ime Udoka, who is, of course, suspended from the Celtics uh, earlier this season. That's the NBA for you. It's like a guy goes from... And then people, with the Ime thing, the details stopped coming out, right? Because a lot of people were saying, hey, when you get the details... He's you'll you'll understand that Ime is done in the NBA forever. I mean, Matt Barnes said that. Uh, Ethan Sherwood Strauss uh, <laughs> quoted somebody of, of his source of saying that. Multiple people said it's worse than you all think. Blah blah blah. So either all those people were lying, or we don't know. The details they did they did literally just quit coming out, and people moved on to other stories, right? Um, and then plus with the with the Kyrie anti-Semitism, Kyrie is just continues to be a massive uh, problem. Uh, and but watching the Nets basketball-wise has been really interesting for me because it's like there's I've never seen a team like this in my life. Durant is playing at a crazy high offensive level. Kyrie is playing at a high offensive level. Um, ben Simmons' brain is broken. He like cannot shoot. So Ben Simmons is out there, and when Kyrie or KD go into ISO. Ben Simmons has literally nothing to add to the situation, right? They're, they're getting ISO buckets left and right. Ben is just another non-shooter. So now their spacing's all fucked up because you got Ben and you got a center. Neither one of them can shoot, right? Ben doesn't want the ball, all right? And it's just been insane to watch a team uh, have these incredible offensive performances and just be so bad and stressed out and losing so much. It's been... It's just been strange. I've never seen a team like this in my life. Um, so I have been watching them. It's like, especially like when the Grizzlies, you know, when um, Ja Morant just decided not to touch the ball on the inbound to run time off the clock. And then Ben Simmons came up to guard him, to pressure him. And Ja just picked it up and baited Ben to offensive foul him and foul out of the game. Like that is the that is the perfect uh, Nets basketball uh, uh see like moment for me and just watching them just get picked apart their defense is just it's so bad it's so bad and like they're stressed out joe harris looks like he's terrified all the time all right he like he gets the ball and if if you've once you've seen a player who's like you know or if you've played and you've been in this position of like you get to us you're in a state where it's like you know that your team like when you get the ball they want you to pass it immediately that's how joe harris looks right now he gets it and he just immediately he's not really looking to make a basketball play he's looking to get rid of the ball get it to kyrie or kd and like you know and he's shooting terrible because you can tell he has no confidence he's stressed out they're all stressed out uh except kyrie i don't i think people with that uh with that uh dumb genius a dumb fake genius brain are kind of oblivious to, to stress. And I, Kevin Durant's been playing great, at least on offense, but nobody's playing defense. Steve Nash is fired. Oh, the whole thing. It's just a, a crazy mess, uh, you know, which is what the NBA is for. So, like, watching the Nets uh, kind of implode early on the season has been good for the, for my hater, hateration. Um, the Lakers, again, that's the, 
That's the real North Star here. I don't know if that could possibly happen, but it would be so amazing. It would be it would be in the Hater Hall of Fame. Uh, is the the Lakers getting the Wimbenyama pick and then having to give it to the Pelicans? Um, another thing that's just been cool is how I love when tanking goes wrong and people teams try to tank. And this is a beautiful thing about basketball is there's the the individual players, but you never know. It, it's it's or I guess you can never all the way predict how the pieces interact with each other and the results of that. Like I, I get kind of a, a a pet peeve I have with basketball discourses. People who are like, oh, this guy sucks, that guy's trash. Look at how look at that. It's like the situation has so much to do with it. Who they're playing with has so much to do with it. The coach has so much to do with. It. Like, uh, I mean, granted, if you're a great player, you you are probably just going to be great anywhere. But for most of the players, it's like, no, man. Danny Ainge is trying to tank. He's trying not to win games. Danny Ainge could not predict that Laurie Markkinen, or Lowry Markkinen, sorry, and and Jordan Clarkson have a beautiful fucking simpatico with each other where they just, it just works. They're like little salsa dancers out there together just getting buckets. And the the watching the Jazz have been really fun so far because the arena's going crazy. Oh, their jerseys are horrible. Their practice jerseys. I heard that they're uh, that was an owner's executive decision. Their owner to uh, go with these horrible jerseys. They look like practice jerseys. They're dog shit. Uh, but the the team is like they play so beautifully together, um, and the crowd is super into it because of course because they're expecting. Oh, this is you know our two all stars are gone. This is going to be a long grind. But like. All of a sudden, they are just competing at a really high level. Um, the team is really good, and they've also—they're also—they're also pressuring Danny Ainge because he has to. I know what Danny wanted to do. Everyone knows what Danny wants to do. He wants to wait until as long as he can to get the most value out of the vets that he has on the team now, right? He wants to to probably take it all the way to the deadline. You know, see how many more first-round picks he can get. Which he will uh, fail to capitalize on. Uh, see how there, there also, there's also a thing, by the way, of too many first round picks. Like any team that stockpiles a, a crazy, insane amount of picks, it seems like they don't get a whole lot out of that. There's like a point where you got too many. It, it, this is just my take, all right? Because uh, unless you really have a plan for getting the most out of those, what the what the fuck are we doing here, right? But um, oh, and Mike Conley's been just playing great he's back you know back to back to being mike um kelly olenic so like they got these guys they're they're winning so much that danny's getting pissed he's seen he's seen victor victor victor's seven foot 12 head disappearing it's getting further away instead of getting closer to to him he's, he's drifting he's on a he's on a raft boat with a lowry marketed and Jordan Clarkson and Kelly Olynyk and Malik Beasley and Michael Conley and, and Colin Sexton, the young bull, right? And he's he, they're going further apart. They're reaching out for each other. I don't know if Victor wants to be in Utah. Probably not. I wouldn't. But um, so it, it's pressuring Danny to, to trade these guys. This is like this is what I'm laughing at as a hater. Is like the Jazz are playing so good. He's like. I know what he wants to do is get all the offers he can, take it all the way to the deadline, flip flip Lowry, Jordan, whatever, Kelly, fl- Beasley, flip these guys for the most money, for the for the most return that he can get. But it's like, what if they keep winning, dude? You can't keep them on your team because this is counter to your whole goal, right? Unless you 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 think these are these 
these players are so good that you want to change and not tank, which seems like a pretty bad idea. Um, so it's very uh, interesting, and I, I don't think he'll do that anyways. Uh, very interesting, and obviously, like, the whole thing with them, obviously, like, Lowry and Olenek matching exactly, basically, what the Lakers need right now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see, but it is funny. I like, I like a failed tank job. That's very high up. So my, my basketball soul is very nourished by the NBA right now. It's like we got, we got the, the hater power, the hater power rankings are strong. The lore index for, for the Blazers, Shade and Sharp, is strong. Um, there's just been so much fun stuff happening. Um, yeah, really excited. I've been watching the Memphis a lot, too. They've been great. Uh, fun to watch. I mean, oh, my God. So I think I'm actually going to call it. This is episode one. Pepe Sanchez, Seth Allen, that's me. This is my secret basketball podcast. Pepe doesn't know about this. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.